are not standing and you're able to stand in honor of the Word of God, we get ready to read this morning. It felt like a couple of weeks ago, preparation for today and partly the idea that what we've been calling this summer family day, felt like God put something on my heart this morning. And uh, I guess I figured since we had our Sunday school up here, we'd try to do something a little bit different than just the normal preaching that we're kind of used to. So a little bit of a, a little bit of a visual up here this morning. But I want to say this before I read. I'm going to be reading from Exodus chapter 8. We're going to start with verse number 20. But just just for a reminder for some and perhaps an explanation for others. There, there are some that say, you know, they, they want to disregard the Old Testament. They want to ignore it. It's not for us. We don't need it. And that is so untrue. The Bible is the Bible, Old and New Testament. We don't just need the New Testament. One of the things, this is not the only thing, but one of the things that reasons that's the case is because God gave us the Old Testament to be an example of spiritual things in the New Testament. So when you read through the Old Testament, especially as you read through a lot of the history of the children of Israel, it's not just about a historical account of what took place with a nation. It's also demonstrating spiritual things because in the Old Testament, the children of Israel represent what in the New Testament is the church. So I just I want to I just want to uh, remind you of that this morning as we get into uh, what I feel to preach today. In fact, Paul said that these things happened to them for our example. He was very clear to say. I want to make sure you know what they what happened to them what they went through is for us to learn from praise God so Exodus chapter 8 beginning with verse 20 just to give you a little bit of context here we are picking up in the uh, story of Moses he's already had his encounter with God he's already had the burning bush and all of those things and now he's back and he's already confronted Pharaoh a couple of times prior to where we are going to read this morning verse 8 number 20 there's already been a couple of plagues that have taken place uh, if I'm not mistaken I know it was two I think it may have been three plagues that have already taken place and so now the Lord says in Exodus 8 and 20 he says to Moses rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh Lo, he cometh forth to the water, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Else if thou wilt not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee, and upon thy servants, and upon thy people, and into thy house, and the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies. I don't know about you, but one fly, one fly in my house annoys me greatly. I cannot imagine swarms of flies. 
and also the ground whereon they are. That means there's going to be flies everywhere. Now again, there's, there are three plagues, the water turned to blood, the plague of the frogs, and the plague of gnats and lice, lice that have already happened and have already apparently impacted everyone. But I want you to see what verse number 22 says. And I will sever in that day when I do this, in the land of Goshen in which my people dwell. So Goshen was the area in Egypt where the children of Israel lived in this bondage. He says, in that day in the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there. Here's why. So that thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. So the first three plagues, everybody was affected. But God says, I am now going to put a distinction between Egypt and you. And even though they were dwelling, living in Egypt, he says, I'm going to separate you from everything else that's going on so that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Verse 23, and I will put a division between my people and thy people, tomorrow shall this sign be. I am going to make a distinction between the Egyptians and the children of Israel. I could say it to you this way, between the world and the church. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject, not in my house not in my house would you close your eyes and join me as we pray before you're seated father i thank you again for the privilege and the opportunity of being in your presence god i ask this morning that you would speak to every heart and life in this place god i pray that even for the young people the children that may be here this morning that maybe Maybe their comprehension, their intellectual comprehension is not necessarily grasping what may be said, but that something would be put in to their spirit. I pray, God, that you would minister to us today. God, I ask you again this morning. I don't want to preach a sermon, God. I don't want to take time in this service because that's what's expected. But God, I want to be a messenger that would deliver a word that would come from you. So I trust you to minister in this place this morning. I trust you and believe you today, God, for your anointing. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Again, we have the children of Israel, representative of the church, who is living in the world, or living in Egypt. But there comes this point where God says, I am going to separate. I'm going to distinguish you from everyone else. Now, I, I, let me just say this, because there's a couple of you, I think you think where I, you think you know where I'm going with this. I'm not here this morning to focus on the distinction and the separation from the world. So don't assume you know where I'm going and, and, and tune me out for where we're actually going this morning. He says, I, I'm going to make a distinction. I've, I've allowed the same things to affect 
the children of Israel and the Egyptians. But I want, I want to show you and notice what he told Moses. First and foremost, I want to show you, my people, that I'm God. I want you to know what I can do, what I have the power and the ability to do. Can I tell you today, you might as well accept it. Not everybody in the world is ever going to all believe that Jesus Christ is God. Not everyone is going to come to the conclusion that God is real. Although the Bible does prophesy and say there will be a day that every knee, every knee, not some knees, not a lot of knees, not the majority, but there will be a day that every knee will bow and every tongue, every tongue, every that's really impossible or seems really impossible today. It seems very unlikely today. But the scripture says there will be a day that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Will confess what? That Jesus Christ is Lord. You hear that? That means the Muslims, the Buddhists, the Hindus. Every knee. There's a bunch of people today would tell you that ain't happening. Some of you this morning might think that ain't happening. But Jesus said through his word there would be a day that that would happen. The thing you and I have to determine is, am I going to voluntarily bow my knee and confess on my own that He is Lord? Or is it going to take some circumstances and situations that cause me to have to bow and acknowledge that He is Lord? But one way or the other. But I, I find it interesting that the Lord didn't say to Moses, I'm going to put a distinction between Egypt and between you so that Egypt will know that I'm the Lord. He said, I'm doing it so you will know. And he says, what happens now in Egypt is not going to affect you. And I, I want you to get that because I am not here this morning to preach that as Christians we will reach a place that we are completely unaffected by the world. But I have come as part of this message this morning to challenge you that we are not victims of what goes on in the world. And it is not automatic that what happens in the world has to happen to us. That just like God put a distinction between the Egyptians and the children of Israel, I believe it is the will of God that in 2016, people can look and see a difference. I don't mean just in our dress and our actions, but they ought to be able to look at us and see, you know what? There's some stuff I put up with that you're not putting up with. There's some problems I'm going through that you don't seem to be going through. So that we can respond and say, yeah, I got an explanation explanation to give you for that because while I may be in the world I'm not of the world I may be living in this world but I've actually become a part of another world I may be living in this kingdom but I'm a part of another kingdom anybody ever traveled overseas Ever traveled overseas? You've traveled overseas. You, you don't have to travel overseas to already know this. But if you travel overseas, you know that you're different. I, I, I've been to Europe 
numerous times now. And, 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 and in Europe, you, you, you can kind of seem like you're, you look a lot of ways the same, but there's still, you just know. I, I guess I've never done a survey to find out, but I guess I just feel like they know. I feel like I walk down the street and people look at me and they just know, you're not a British, you're not Norwegian, you're not Irish. And, and I've been several places in my lifetime where the customs and the culture and the dress, not, 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 I don't mean some unique cultural dress, I just mean the same clothes I wear, or, but they're different. When I was 18 years old, I spent a couple of months in Brazil uh, on missions work. And, and, and when at that point in time, I, I wore my tie right to my belt. They wore their tie like right about here. I didn't change the way I wore my tie. They did a banquet at the end of the time there, and, and Brother Kevin Howard and I were, were about the same age, and we were there working together, and they did some skits imitating Brother Kevin and I, and they came in, they tied their ties, and their ties were like way down here. I didn't take offense at that, and I didn't change the way I tied my tie, because I knew I don't belong here. I'm just passing through. That was an old song. Hopefully all of you have heard it at some time. If you haven't, we need to make sure you do. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. It is not God's desire and intent for you and I to feel at home in this world. Because it's not home. We're just passing through. So he says to Moses, tomorrow when we do this, when this happens, I am now going to put a distinction. I'm going to put a separation between you and the Egyptians. And what we find out if you read the rest of the story the plagues that affected Egypt, the children of Israel that were dwelling in Egypt were unaffected by those plagues. God made a distinction between Egypt and his people. I, I, can I tell you today, I believe I know I haven't always experienced this. You probably haven't always experienced it, but I'm just telling you, I believe that it's possible. In fact, I, I really kind of believe it's supposed to be. And if it doesn't happen, I can't give you all the explanations. I'm just telling you what I believe. I don't believe we are supposed to go through every single thing the world goes through. I believe the world can go through economic crisis and God can still miraculously provide for us. I believe the world can go through trouble and trials and God can preserve and protect us. That we are not destined to have to go through everything the world goes through. And I'm not just talking about tribulation at the end. I'm talking about here and now. I wonder how many of us really, truly believe it. I know our circumstances and a lot of times life is such that it 
challenges our faith and our confidence, but there is an example. There is a pattern. How about, how about the prophet Elijah, who was a part of a famine, and yet God sends some birds for all you raven fans. Shout a little bit. God sends some ravens to deliver food to the prophet. God's, God used some birds to deliver. Well, that don't sound very sanitary. Let me tell you something. If there's a famine and people are dying of starvation, you're not too concerned about how it gets to you as long as you get it. But God provided and took care of him in the midst of famine. Oh, Jesus. We're in the world, but we are not of the world. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. So they go through eight different plagues, eight different things that God does in tempting to get Pharaoh's attention, to get Pharaoh to say to Moses, fine, take these people and get out of here. Eight, excuse me, nine of them. At times, Pharaoh would say, go, and then he would change his mind. But in chapter 11, verse number 4, the scripture says this. And Moses said, thus saith the Lord. About midnight, I will go into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn... In the land of Egypt shall die. Now where was Goshen? In Egypt. And God says to Moses, everybody in Egypt, every firstborn in Egypt is going to die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth on the throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant, that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts. Not just humans, but every living thing, the firstborn is going to die. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as, there was none like it, nor shall be like it anymore. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. That you may know that the Lord puts a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. That you may know that the Lord puts a difference between the world and the church. That you may know God can take care of his people in the midst of a crazy, chaotic world. I'm going to do this but at the same time, I want to show you something in the midst of it. 
the firstborn of every house, of every animal, is going to die. Now, I wonder, I wonder, if, I don't think it was the only reason, but I wonder if one of the reasons there ended up being so many plagues, and I wonder if one of the reasons God hardened Pharaoh's heart is because he was trying to build some evidence to show to the children of Israel, while I may do this in Egypt, I can take care of you in the midst of it. Because I got to tell you, I happen to be a firstborn. I got to tell you, it's it's one thing for, you know, some of those plagues to come. It's, it's one thing for the livestock or the flies to come and not have flies in your house. That's That's nice. It's one thing for the livestock in Egypt to, to be... To, to die and yours not die and for boils to come on people and not come on you. It's, it's one thing for locusts and darkness and all of those things to come, but this is getting kind of close to home now. <laughs> it's not just natural disasters or natural things. You're now telling me that my life is in danger. Could it be that God gave them those other plagues where he showed the distinction so that when he got to this tenth and final plague, rather than be afraid of what he said, they would have some confidence. Okay, God, you say you can show a distinction between Israel and Egypt, between your people and Egypt. We've seen you do that. So we trust now that you'll do it. Come here, Dylan, if you would. Ulysses, come here if you would, please. Come here, Chris. You guys take take a seat up here, one of these chairs or the table. I don't have any food, so don't sit at the table thinking I'm on. Let me see a couple of you. Let me see a couple more. I'll just pick on the young men here today, save the, the ladies. A couple more firstborns, young men firstborns. A little bit older, but we'll take it. You got your hand up? Can you hobble up here? Can you can you guys imagine what it would be like when word starts to trickle? Nine plagues, but this plague, you as a firstborn... The firstborns are going to die. Not just flies, not just boils, not just animals dying, not just darkness. But you, as a firstborn, are potentially going to die. He said, he said which, which verse was it? Verse number... Verse number... Verse number six, there will be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it anymore. There is going to be this wailing going up because 
of the death as, as, I mean, you know, the animals are one thing, but that, that's not the same thing as one of your children. But as, as households begin to realize that my firstborn has died all the way from, from the top with Pharaoh all the way down to the maid servants, no one tell you something today there's stuff that's coming to this world that it doesn't matter if you're in the white house or you live in no house it doesn't matter how much money you make or how much money you don't make there are some things that are coming in this world that everybody is going to be affected by and you're not going to escape it because of status you're not going to escape it because of what part of society you belong to everybody's going to be affected He says, when it happens, from Pharaoh all the way down, the firstborn's going to die and there's going to be a great cry. But the good news was, there was more to it than all of the firstborn dying. Because the Lord then says in the next chapter, verse number 2, this month shall be unto you the beginning of, of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make you make your count for the lamb." Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the house wherein they shall eat it. I'm going to pass through Egypt. And when I pass through Egypt, every household is going to be affected. Every house is going to be impacted. The death angel is going to pass by. And every home, both human and animal, the firstborn is going to die. But I've got a solution for you. I want you to take a lamb. I want you to take a spotless lamb. Not just any lamb. It's got to be a perfect lamb. I want you to sacrifice it. And I I want you to take that lamb. Not only are you going to partake of eating it, but I also want you to take the blood that is from that lamb. And and I want you to take it and I I want you to put it on the doorpost. I want you to make a marking on that house. I want it to be recognized that this house... This is not your typical normal Egyptian house. That while we may be in Egypt, we're not just any other house. While we may be living in a land of bondage, and this may be where our home is, and there are some things that have been predicted, prophesied, that is going to affect everybody. We have been given a solution. We have been given an answer that what everybody else is going to have to face, we don't have to go through the same thing. 
So I want you to take the blood of a spotless lamb. If you don't have that in your house, then you find some neighbors that have it. And I want you to join together with them. And I want you to do this. And I want you to take the blood and I want you to apply it. Because I want that death angel when he starts to pass by every house in Egypt, I want him to look and see this one is different. This one's got some markings and, and I can't penetrate the blood. I can't go beyond the blood. No blood I can enter in. But if there's blood that's been applied, I've got to just pass on by. For I, verse 12 of chapter 12, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where you are. It's going to be a sign. It's going to be a symbol. It's going to be a marking that shows we might be in Egypt. We might be living in Egypt, but this house is an Egyptian's. We might be dwelling in Egypt, but we are not Egyptians. We are a part of something else. Our citizenship is in another kingdom. It shall be a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you. I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you because you've taken the blood and you've applied the blood to your house so what goes on in every other house you can stand and say with confidence not in my house not in my house imagine with me for a moment if you would sitting in your house you followed the instructions of what Moses has said to do you've You've done your part. Your father has taken the blood and he's applied it to the doorpost. And all of a sudden you start to hear the wails and the cries that begin to go up as the death angel begins to pass by house after house of the Egyptians and they realize, I've lost my child. I've lost my firstborn. He's not living anymore. I, I don't know, but I got a feeling that if you would have checked the pulses of the firstborns, I think you probably would have found some racing hearts. <laughs> is, is the blood going to work? Is the blood really going to make a difference? Is the blood really going to bring a distinction between our house and everybody else's house? Perhaps there were some, there were some Israelites whose house was just a few feet away from Egyptian houses. 
Maybe it was just a stone's throw, as some would say, from their house. And maybe they knew who was in that house. And they start to hear the cry. And you start to realize what Moses said was going to happen is happening. And I am a firstborn. I'm in that category. I'm one of those. And the cries begin to increase. And time begins to tick by. And the wails begin to continue to erupt. And according to the word of Lord, the Lord, it's going to be a cry like you've never heard before. And you will never hear again. But I just sort of imagine those racing hearts as time goes on. And with every passing breath, I'm still here. Another hour's gone by. I hear the cries, but I'm still alive. Halfway through the night, there are wails going up like I've never heard before. But I'm still living. Maybe, maybe the blood really is working. Maybe the blood really is being affected. And maybe, Brother Lewis, we really aren't like every other house. I've come to challenge. I guess I don't want to exclude anybody this morning. I felt burdened for this service today to come to challenge every family today. Make sure. You have applied the blood. Make sure you have applied the blood to your house. He said, I want you to take a spotless lamb. And if you don't have a lamb for your house, join together with somebody else and share a lamb. You know the good news today, once and for all. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. Blood. It ran down on that cross on Calvary is now the blood that you and I can take and apply so that not only our firstborns, but for all that are dwelling in our house, for all that are living in our house, there can be a separation. There can be a distinction that just because it's going on in the world, just because it's going on in Egypt, doesn't mean it has to happen in our house. Oh God, I pray that somehow today there would be some moms and some dads that something would rise up inside of you and you would look at the chaos that's going on around us. You would look at the confusion in our world today and something would, st- would get a hold of you that you would say, not 
my house. I don't care what goes on outside the house. I've got control over what happens in the house. I can't control what takes place outside, but I can apply the blood to this house so that whatever is going on out there doesn't have to come in here and affect in here. I understand that my family is blessed in the sense that we're able to provide our children's education. I, 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 I don't. I'm not going to get into. I don't have the time to get into. I shouldn't even throw anything out there. I, I, I don't. I don't. We don't homeschool our kids for at least as my perspective, for some of the reasons that a lot of people homeschool their kids. But but we've been privileged now since. The, our church school closed to be able to do that. I, I realize that a lot of you for first and foremost financial reasons, your household is not able to do that. I understand that. And so I challenge you if there's ever needed to be some blood applied to your house, if there's ever needed to be some blood on the doorpost of your house, today is the day that you need that blood applied. Because I'm just simple enough to believe today. I realize our children are being exposed to all kinds of ungodliness. I realize they're being exposed to all kind of humanistic philosophy and man's ideas about things, but I'm just simple enough today to believe that if the blood worked for the children of Israel and the death angel couldn't get into the house where the blood was, that in 2016, if we've got some blood that's been applied to our houses, they may be exposed to some stuff in Egypt, but just because it's in Egypt doesn't mean it has to be in our house. I can't control. I, 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 and some of you maybe you're more spiritual than I am. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not being whatever. Maybe you're more spiritual than I am. Maybe you've reached the point that your flesh has totally died. You're, you, I mean, you are completely, you, you've died out to things. And I mean, you are just, you, you are dead. Nevertheless, you live, but Christ lives in you. I got to tell you, there's still some flesh living in me. I'm trying to let it be crucified, but I just, I still got some flesh and part of that flesh is so, so discouraged, so disappointed with where we are. I, I think back to where I came for, to think back to my years as a child and as a teenager and, and, and I thought we were exposed to some ungodly things, but it was nothing compared to what our young men and young women and our children are being faced with today. And now we're, we're, we're at a point, it's, it's no longer it's just stuff that's going on in our world. We now reach a point where it is promoted. There is an agenda. We're now, we're, we're, we're now gonna teach our children from early ages that you can figure out, you can decide what gender you are. 
It's not just that we'll accept that in our world. It's, it's not that we'll just be okay. If they, but it's now we're promoting. Promoting all kinds of ungodliness and all kinds of anti-God thinking and rationale. I, we, we can't stop it. I've said it several times now. And I'll say it again today. God has not called the church to change the world. There is no place in the Word of God that gives us an instruction, a responsibility to change the world. The very definition of the church shows us God's idea is not for us to change the world because the church is the called out ones. It's those who were in darkness that have now been brought out into can't change the world. We're not going to change the world. Here's what we can do. We can establish houses. We can establish homes and families where what goes on out there may go on out there. But I'm going to take some blood and I'm going to put it as a sign, as a signal that this house is not like every other house. This is not just a normal house. This is not just another dwelling place in Egypt. But we've got blood and we've got a sacrifice that's been made for us. And I'm going to apply that blood because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, what happens out there doesn't have to happen in here. Preach to some parents today with the hope, with the hope and the burden of inspiring some faith in you today that there is blood that you have access to. There is blood that is available to you that I challenge you and most of you probably have already done it. If you haven't to do it and if you've already done it to do it again, but take some blood and apply that blood that was shed on Calvary, that blood that's a whole lot more effective than the blood of a lamb that was shed in a sacrifice and apply it to your house to say, as for this house, the death angel may pass throughout all of Egypt and affect most houses, but this house, this is not just any other house. This is not just any ordinary house. This house has been set apart. Maybe chaos in the world around me. Maybe confusion and ungodliness in the world around me. But not, not in my house. There may be all kind of turmoil that's going on. There may be confusion about all kinds of things in the world around me. But not, not in my house. In my house. I said it at the beginning and I remind you as I draw to a close this morning. I believe with all of my heart that what I've read to you today 
what God did with the children of Israel, what God instructed Moses to do. It's not just a neat little story for us to rehearse today. It's not just a little story to give us some idea of what the children of Israel went through and how they got of it out of it. But God was showing us something so that now in 2016 we can look at that and say the same God that did that for them in a natural way is the same God that can do that for us in a spiritual context that houses that were separated and set apart from the plagues that were going on in Egypt then we can have houses that are separated and set apart from the plagues now sister Trish you come please no, it's Sunday morning, and I know there's some, some normal expectations on Sunday mornings. Somehow you would forgive me this morning for maybe it being a little bit different. Folks, I, I believe it's part of what Sunday more the, the three Sunday mornings we're going to be doing starting on the 18th or about. We've been given a commission to go. The church is supposed to be about going. He told the disciples, go ye into all the world. Go, go and preach the gospel to every creature. And I got to tell you, as a pastor and as a parent, and to be very honest, I'm not sure which one of those Actually, I do know which one of those is a little more important to me. As a parent, as a parent, it troubles me with the idea that we might go out and reach the world. But those who are living in our house, those that are a part of our home that we don't provide a place of safety a refuge whatever is going on out there as for this house it's not the same there's blood that we have applied so that there is a distinction that it may go on out there but it doesn't have to go on in here. So while I am all about the fact that we must go and reach a lost and dying world, I'm also about the fact that these children and these young people that are sitting on our seats do not become a casualty of the culture, the society, the world that we are live, living in. And I'm sorry. Some may disagree, and that's okay. I may make some mad, and that's okay. But I don't think we should be so focused on going to get that we forget about those that are sitting beside us. I don't think we should be so consumed with out there that we forget about those that God has already put right here. I think... I realize some of you aren't able to make it, won't be here. I understand that. Pretty sure tonight I feel led we're going to take some time.
pray for all of our kids, our college kids. I don't feel to do it quite that way this morning. I think one of the reasons, one of the motives, one of the burdens behind this message today is knowing that all of our precious young people are starting back to school, have started back to school. Knowing, hearing, so many things that are going on. I realize probably most of you parents, most mornings when you say goodbye to your child, get on a bus or you drop them off at a school, there's probably a degree of concern with what they're exposed to. But I, I've come with a message today of hope and encouragement that there is blood that is available to you that for your house you might be in Egypt but everything that goes on in Egypt doesn't have to go on in your house I want you to stand if you would please I, I'd like to like to do our altar call this morning this way if you would permit me I'm going to ask you if you would just a moment to come I'm asking everybody that will in just a moment to come here's what I here's what I want you to do I'm asking you to come and when you come I'm asking for families to get together I'm asking for families to stand together realize some of you today are single you're on your own some of you are here you're not you've got kids or family members that are in other places and so you're by yourself this morning if you're in that condition if you're if you're here by sort of by yourself today I, I want you to find somebody else to join with some of you may be maybe you've got extended family I want whoever is the, whoever's the eldest person in that group, I'm asking you this morning that in the spirit you would do for your house what the children of Israel were instructed to do in the natural for their house. That you would apply the blood, God, for this house. For this family, we want your blood to be on our doorpost. Not talking literally, but figuratively, God, we want your blood to be on the doorpost of our house so that there is a mark of distinction. We're not like everybody else. We may be in Egypt, but we're not Egyptians. You would begin, please, those of you that are willing to come, and again, as you come, I know... Some of your families or some of you are sitting in different places, guys, you join your families, but I'm asking you if you would. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus name Jesus name 
Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Once you're down here, can I ask you, encourage you, just begin to pray. You begin to pray, Father. God, every house, every family, every household represented here today. Lord, in the name of Jesus, right now, God, by the power of your Spirit, I pray, God, that every home, every family would take the blood that was shed on Calvary for our salvation, for our forgiveness, for the remission of our sins, for the washing of our sins. The blood, God, that I believe is able to do for us what the blood of those lambs did for the children of Israel. God, every family, every home today, that there would be an application of the blood. God, that no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on in society, not in our house, not in our house, chaos, all of the confusion, all of the anti-God concepts and ideas that are in our world today, not in our house, by the blood, by the power of the blood, not in our house, not in this house, not in this home. subject to what goes on in Egypt. We might be in Egypt, but just because it happens in Egypt doesn't mean it has to happen in our house. I trust the power of your blood today. I trust the power of your blood today. I trust the power of your blood today, of your blood today to protect today just like it protected your people in Egypt, God. Let it protect us today. Let it set us apart. Let it distinguish us in the same way that it distinguished them. We take dominion and authority today, God, over every spirit of this world, every spirit of darkness, God, that tries to get a foothold in our houses, in our homes. We take dominion and authority today. God, we come against every thought. We come against every ideology. God, we cast down imagination and everything that would exist. 
assault itself against you, God. It may happen in our world, but not in our house. It may happen in society, but not in our house. Because we trust the blood. We trust the blood. We trust the power of your blood to save. We trust the power of your blood to preserve. We trust the power of your blood to protect, to keep us, to shield us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Your blood, your blood, your blood, God. Your blood that is still effective today. Your blood that still has the power today. Trust in that blood to guard us, to keep us, cover us. Cover us, God. Cover us, God. Still flows. There's a lamb. Thank you for the lamb that was slain to provide the blood. Thank you for the lamb that was slain to provide the blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whenever you need to go, you're free to go. Feel free to go. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 